I'm going to just read a little something which will set the scene. Right. And this is from Luke 9.29.32. It's only a beginning. It's from this lovely book that uh, David and Sue Howes gave me called Streams in the Desert. It's a devotional daily book, but here it is anyway. He took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening. They saw his glory. And then from Exodus 33:13, we read, If I have found grace in thy sight, show me thy glory. When Jesus took three disciples up into that high mountain apart, he brought them into close communion with himself. They saw no man but Jesus only, and it was good to be there. Heaven is not far away from those who tarry on the mount with the Lord. Who has not, in moments of meditation and prayer, caught a glimpse of opening gates? Who has not, in the secret place of holy communion, felt the rush of some white surging wave of emotion, a foretaste of the joy of the blessed? The Master had times and places himself for quiet converse with his disciples. Once on the peak of Hermon, but most often on the slopes of Olivet, the Mount of Olives. Every Christian should have his Olivet. Most of us, early morning until bedtime, we are exposed to the world amid all this maelstrom from how little chance for quiet thought we have, for God's word, for prayer and for heart fellowship. Daniel needed to have an Olivet in his chamber amid Babylon's roar and idolatries. Peter found his on a housetop in Joppa. And Martin Luther found his in the upper room at Wittenberg, which is still held sacred. Dr Joseph Parker once said, if we do not get back to visions, peeps into heaven and consciousness of the higher glory and the larger life, we shall lose our belief. Our altar will become a bare stone, unblessed by visitant from heaven. There is the world's need today, men and women who have seen their Lord. The lost art of meditation. Come close to him, he may take you today up into the mountain top, for where he took Peter with his blundering and James and John, those sons of thunder, who again and again so utterly misunderstood their master and his mission, there is no reason why he should not take you. So don't shut yourself out of it and say, ah, those wonderful visions and revelations of the Lord are for the choicest spirits. They may be for you. They are for you. So... Weary and worn, tattered and torn, sometimes physically, mentally, emotionally overdrawn. Come, beloved, press in, draw near. 
to thy Saviour lend an ear. His perfect love drives out all fear, and his firm embrace quells every tear. Listen to his still small voice and follow close his words of choice. For you, for me, for everyone in the place of meditation. Christian meditation, unlike Eastern meditation where we empty ourselves of everything, with Christian meditation we fill ourselves with everything that is God. We fill ourselves with his word, with the miracles that he has performed in our lives, with his hand upon our lives, with everything. We, we come before him and you need to hold it here. We, I'll be honest, of late I've had a little bit of a wobble and a little bit of a struggle here and there. Things, I'm blessed in so many ways. I'm blessed to now be with Jeanette, the youth leader. And that's wonderful. That's really good news. But without going into details, when you take something on, the enemy can come in and undermine you and cause doubt, doubt and denial and deceit. It can come against you and it can cause confusion. So what today is about, and that there's, it's biblical, you know, it's grounded biblically. I've got everything to back out here. So that's me, but I expect we all at some time or another have a struggle. None of us are totally and utterly, like totally and utterly, if, if you're putting a mask on, that, that smile that ever wears upon your face, that's not always real. It is the inner joy that we gather from knowing our Lord so close and we bring him, but to, that he brings that joy to us, but, that you know with that assurance that he is with you through every situation, be it storm, be it trial, he is there and he is faithful. So we've, we've all had that. So God's, that's it. So I've got bullet points today so I don't wander off because sometimes that happens. As you know, I, have to, I end up with too much to say. But God put it on my heart when I was preparing this about the old nautical term, the doldrums. And the doldrums is a place along the equator where the sailing ships of old, the old ships of the line, and even today if uh, sailing boats go that way, there's a place where the, the trade winds and the waters converge with the ocean, where you hit a dead, dead calm and there's no wind. And it used to cause uh, many tragedies back in sort of the, you know, up until powered boats, until steam, when you could power through it. But... What, you, what happens is there's no wind. There's no wind there. It, it, it's either one or the other. It, it goes dead calm and you can just bob about without any motion for weeks and weeks. And I think sometimes that can be how we get when we lose direction. And when you've got that, um, you're in that place and, and that, that you feel that you're just, you're not going anywhere. And so you picture it, the, the sails on the old sailing boats would be up there, but they were just hanging, hanging loose in the atmosphere, no wind in them, nothing to lift them up. But do you know what's happening with the dispersion of that wind? What's happening is the heat is coming together, and as the winds come together, it's going straight up. It's going straight up. And that is why the, the ships don't move. It's because the wind is disappearing, because the way it works is it goes 
straight up. And that, God showed me, when we have those times, when we hit, not troubled waters, but, well, I suppose they are troubled waters until the, the, uh, the tide changes. But that is where we've got to go, obviously, is straight up. Look to him. Fix your eyes on him. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Be drawn in with him. Move closer. Because it's in that place that, that, that you will find the wind of the Holy Spirit returns. The sails of the ship are once more filled and then you move on. You move on through it and come out the other side. So, what does God have to say about meditation? This is from Psalm 119. Verse 99. And this is, the meaning of this verse is because you're uh, communing with God. Obviously he knows best. So it's, it, it, it reads, I have more understanding than all my teachers because your testimonies are my meditation. Your testimonies are my meditation. I, not that it's so... With Israel, they were looking back at the things that God had done to, for them. The parting of the Red Sea. The, the, the miracles and things that happened in Egypt to uh, make Pharaoh let them go eventually. And everything. And the manna in the wilderness. The light by night. The fire, pillar of fire. But also, David, as we know, wrote most of the Psalms. And it was in that place that he, he could say that because like, he's, he's away from the temple, he's away from the place where it's just as it was with the Pharisees and Sadducees. You were getting religion. He had his eyes on God. He knew where he was talking. And this is another one, a psalm of David, another verse from Psalm 63, verse 6. His devotion is unreal. But then David does mean beloved. That's why Pastor David said to me, when I, he doesn't like being called Dave because it just means be. <laughs> but... David means beloved. So that's it. We want that love, don't we? So, in Psalm 63, 6, it reads, I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. So, we see the picture of David as the shepherd boy before he became king. It's probably a mix of both there. When he was king, it was upon a comfortable bed that he would spend time meditating on the word of the Lord, upon the things that he had done for him. When he was a shepherd, he was out in the field on those night watches. When he's watching for the wolf, he's watching for the bear, the lion. That he meditated, basically meditated at all times. It? it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, together with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So he, he knew 
to where to be rested. He knew where to be with God. He knew how to get back to God. I mean, you look at him later on when, when he fell short, when, when um, with Bathsheba, in the time when kings were meant to be out fighting wars, he was to be found loitering indoors. He wasn't out there doing what he should have been doing. But even we know what happened now with the, that period. But even after that, he returned good and strong to the Father. Um, in Genesis 24, verse 63 to 64, this is Isaac and, and his... Uh, meeting of Rebecca. Now if you remember Jacob had said that he wanted him not to uh, have a bride from the people of the land of Canaan where he was so he sent him back to his old land. So uh, the, ser the servant has gone back and he's returning and, and we find in this verse it says he, Isaac, was in the field one evening to meditate and as he looked up he saw camels approaching. Rebecca also looked up and saw Isaac. So you know that's that place of meditation of contemplation that place of being with God in, in that quiet place. Um, I know as, as said in, uh, from Philippians just a minute ago, um, through prayer and supplication, but also meditation is a big thing of that. I mean, when Peter was on the roof in Joppa, he, he was in a trance because that's when he saw the vision come. So, it, as said, it's, not like, it's nothing like uh, Eastern meditation. This is filling yourself with Jesus and this, quali this qualifies on why it's important for us to do it and to meditate on his word. Think about, just think upon his hand in your life, the things that you've seen happen, the prayers you've seen answers, things that weren't for the right season, but were later on when doors that were once closed were graciously swung open for you. Think of those times. Medica meditation is medication for your soul. Medication for your soul and your spirit. When, when you feel there's turbulence all around. Rest in the presence of the Lord. Rest in that presence. As, as I alluded to earlier, I've been a bit tested lately with one thing and another. Even, yeah, really wrestling. We're, we're told to, like, um, what's that? Paul says that Epaphras wrestles for the people of Colossae. They wrestle. Sometimes we wrestle in that place. We know that Jacob at Jabbok wrestled with God and he had his hip put out. So sometimes we, we, have, we get into that position where we're, it's not just plain sailing. We know that from that place with Jacob, he then becomes Israel. And his name spoke of it, didn't it? Strives with God. But, and that was when he was on the way to meet um, Esau. And he was fearful, so he sent his wife ahead of him. He sent everyone ahead of him. Over the river they went. And he's, if you, when you read that passage, he's left behind on his own. He finds himself alone. 
He is alone by the fold. So he's there. And then he's full of fear. As Jacob, he's full of fear because he's worried about his brother Esau. He's worried about, he's told 400, your brother is coming with 400 men to meet you. (gasps) He's full of fear because if you remember, Jacob stole his birthright. He's supplanter. That's what Jacob means, supplanter, a usurper. He, He took which wasn't his. But that gives hope to each and every one of us, does it not? when we fall short in whatever way, shape or form, that if God can forgive that and make someone, you know, his name, Israel, his spiritual um, people, of which we are now obviously all a spiritual Israel. Anyway, point of that being is that he was left alone and then he wrestles with the angel of the Lord. And, okay, I mean, and somehow God even turns around and goes, you have wrestled with man and God. And, you, you, you know, you, you sort of won, which is a strange saying. But, so that's obviously God, I believe, in the, just in the form of man. But he puts his hip out as a reminder, OK, have that. He takes his hip out. But then he blesses him immensely and then he goes on. And then when he meets his brother Esau on the plane, he's no longer full of fear. But a bit like the prodigal returning to the father, they, Esau and Jacob, Israel, fall into one another's arms. And there's forgiveness, and there's peace. And that's because he's been left alone and sought God. I know we're late on time here, but I did start late, so please just bear with me for the next couple of hours. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) And Paul, Paul tells his beloved son, Timothy, Give himself to meditation. Give yourself to meditation. Take, take it on board. Think, think of everything that God's done to you. It's important. There's, there's the word. Obviously, we, we read the word. If a passage stands out to you, it's important. It touches the Holy Spirit, convicts you, it's important. Then meditate upon that. Think on it. it it's positive. It, it's rejuvenating. There's, if, if you're... What's that saying? So this is talking of quiet time with God. If your output exceeds your input, then your outgoing will be your undoing. Because you will pour yourself out until you're empty. You've got to balance it. I'm learning that with things. I'm I'm, I'm always running myself ragged. And of late, I've been a bit tired. But, um, you know... But God does, and it is true, work through everything for our good when we are called, called into his purposes and we love him and we keep pursuing him. Yeah, anyway, what I'm going to do now is... I have lost that page. There you go. Is, if you don't mind lead you into a bit of Christian meditation. Okay? So it's not weird, it's not like the way, in the way of, uh, you know, trying to empty yourself, but it's, I will speak scripture to you and let the Holy Spirit talk to you within this. Okay? Please. So if you will get yourselves as comfortable as you can in these chairs and relax, 
and I will actually ask you to close your eyes, which is usually the fear when you're speaking. <laughs> Everyone's falling asleep in your sermon, but please get as comfortable as possible. All right? All right. So sit comfortably so that you don't have to shift, you don't have to relax. Rest your hands down so that they're not going to slide. Become aware of any tingling in your body. Become aware of your heartbeat. And as your heart beats, let it beat to the name of Jesus. 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 Listen to your breath within you. The rise and fall of your chest and think upon how Father, Son and Spirit breathed the breath into Adam and Eve's lungs in the beginning, in Genesis. Breathe in the breath of God. Feel his presence within you. The one who knit you together in your mother's womb. The one who put you in his book of life before the foundation of the world, he knew you. The one who numbers every hair upon your head. Rest. Picture the Garden of Eden. He's declared it's very good. It's perfect. God is walking in the garden one evening, in the evening breeze. <coughs> but we know that something's gone a bit wrong here. Because Adam and Eve between them have eaten of the one tree that they were told not to. But bear in mind that there's already been a way fixed to get back to God through the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you hear, where are you, Adam? Where are you? You're not hiding, you're not going to be in fear, you're not trying to keep away from the Father. You say, like Abraham did, here I am, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Father, because a way has been made. That's where we are now. That's where we are now. We are back in the right stead with you. We are back as sons and daughters. And we are loved and we are cherished. And then I want you to think upon another question. These are questions just to go through. Again, when, which is a strange question, when Moses was in the desert, when he was, before he went down to Israel and declared to Pharaoh that he was to set God's people free, God looked upon the staff in his hand and said, what's that in your hand? What's that in your hand? Of course, we haven't got staffs, but think of a physical staff. That was the power was shown through that. And we now have the Holy Spirit indwelling within that. We have gifts that the Lord has given us. Some things that we need to pick up. Some things that
that we need to lay down. And the Lord says, what's that in your hand? What are you picking up and what are you putting down? Another question of the Lord. When Elijah had just seen the prophets of Baal be burnt up and consumed by Almighty God, he goes because suddenly overcome by fear, he flees to the cave in the wilderness as we know. And there he is in that cave, and there we know he, his, the voice of the Lord was not heard in the earthquake. It was not, but there was a still, small voice, and there was a question asked there as well, and that's, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Because he had just seen that, he'd seen God work, he'd seen God in power, and then suddenly he's hiding in a cave. Then there's another question, which is when Jesus is walking with the disciples and with John, and he asks, who do you say I am? So who is he to you? Is he your Lord and Saviour? There's... So what I'm going to do now is just speak some encouraging verses over you. And I want you to see if anything comes to mind, if God speaks to you in this quiet time, in this time of centering, centering your spirit and soul. It's, if you think, when we are physically worn out or ill, we rest and that restores our bodies. It's the same when we are spiritually worn out. We, we should rest and meditate and be restored. So. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no way to the Father except through me. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me and die will live. And those who believe in me and don't die 
live forever. I am the bread of life. If you eat of the bread I give, you will never hunger. And if you drink of the water that I give, you will never thirst again. I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch in me that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my sheep's voice and they know mine. And the Good Shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He is that Shepherd. And I am the light of the world. And in the same breath he says to you, I'm winding it up now. In the same breath he'll say to you, I am the light of the world. But then he turns round later on in the Beatitudes and says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hillside cannot be hidden. Neither does one take a lamp and hide it under a basket. No, one puts it up on a lampstand so that everyone in the house benefits. So let your light so shine before men that they will see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So, I'll just pray to, as we come out of that again. If anything's on your heart, Hold it dear and try, try this centering on the Lord. If you don't already do it, I'm not saying people don't, but it is a good thing. It is food for your soul, it is water for your spirit. So Jesus, I thank you for these people, my brothers and sisters here today. But Lord, more than anything, we thank you for who you are for everything you have done within our lives. I ask that you bring blessing, you bring multiplication in all that is good. Pray that that which is not of you, Lord, be taken away. And that each and every one of us move into the place that you desire us to be, as sons and daughters of a glorious, good, good Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.